Hallelujah. Everybody needs a vacation, right? We all need a vacation. And we discovered last week that even Jesus needed a vacation. So let's stand. We're going to read these scriptures standing, just uh, something different in honor of the word of the Lord. We're going to Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Jesus said, and he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. You see, even Jesus realized that we have to rest. Okay? We're in a human, frail body, and we have to rest. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. They didn't even have time to eat. And then, this next one, on 635, oh, whoa, hallelujah, 635. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came and said, there is a desert place, and now's the time is far past. Notice how, notice how uh, Mark's writing this. The day is spent away. The time is far past. You know, when you just get home and you just want to flop in the chair or on the couch, or if, you know, you're like Amy, at 4.30, you go up the, when you go up the entryway of the house, you either go straight to the kitchen or take a hard right upstairs. And I've seen her just take a hard right. At 4.30 in the afternoon, I said, I'll see you. I don't see her the rest of the night until I crawl in bed. Amen. We are wore out. We're tired. And it happens as you get older, the ministry of sleep comes upon you as you get older. And you can sit down in a chair and be there just, you know, eight seconds. And by the second number nine, you're, and they're like, no way, there's no way you're asleep. Oh, it can be that. It can happen. And then we're going to Luke 9, and when the, Luke said, and when the day began to wear away, then the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away and they, that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. And when the day began to wear away. And so what I talked about last week was vacation. So you can be seated. Thank you for standing for the word. Vacations. We all need a vacation. I've... Uh, I, I try not to be jealous of people who are on vacation. I'm glad you get to go on a vacation. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law last week went on a vacation, okay? And do you know, I mean, it snowed in Mexico last week. It snowed in Mexico. I'm not talking about, you know, little Mexico. I'm not talking about Mexico, Missouri. I'm talking about old Mexico, when I lived in Houston, that's what we called it, Old Mexico. It snowed in Old Mexico. There was only one spot on the earth uh, in, the, in the continental U.S. that was warm, and it was the last bottom half of Florida. And that's where my brother-in-law and sister-in-law had went for a few days vacation. And I'm like, oh, my goodness of all. Wow. There were people going to the beach. There were people. It was 80 degrees. We were freezing. I tried not to have bad feelings about their vacation. But, I mean, it was just that was the good time for them to go. And then the Lord brought to my remembrance that time when Amy and I were able to go to Hawaii in 2011 and the ice storm hit. Amen. And there was like, what, two and a half inches of ice all around here? And, I mean, we didn't have any ice where we were at. It was all nice, and said, Lord, you see, Tracy, it's all about timing. 
So vacations are good. You got to go on a vacation every now and then. Let's finish this up today, hopefully, on vacations. You know, we're subject to the earth, the world, the, the world system. We have sunny days. We have rainy days. We have stormy days. We have cloudy days. You know, we get reports from the doctor that our health is not good. We get reports from our banker that our finances are in trouble. We all deal with stuff like this. We're not immune to it. Just because you're full of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're not going to have any troubles. You're going to have troubles. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have them. It's just going to happen. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we are able to handle all of these kinds of days that come into our life. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things that uh, in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the King James, Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We serve a God to get us out of this trouble. Now, it doesn't mean we're exempt from the trouble. It means he gets us out and gets us through the trouble. David didn't say, yea, though I camp in the valley of the shadow of death. David did not say, though I build a brand new residence in the valley of the shadow of death. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Guess what? Your trial that you're in, your storm that you're facing, you're walking through it. You keep driving through it. Amen? You keep on going. Anybody ever been in one of those rainstorms and the hail comes and you're out there in the middle of nowhere on an interstate? What's the first place you go for? Under an, under an overpass. If you can get under an overpass, you can watch the storm go by. The only problem is if you're too far away, somebody's going to beat you to it. But God wants to help you through the storm. That doesn't mean storms aren't coming, Brother Kevin. Storms come. Problems come. But Jesus said, I've taken care of the problem. He's going to take care of your problem. He's going to take care of your situation. Doesn't mean you won't get some battle scars. Doesn't mean we won't get some wounds from it. Doesn't mean we won't have situations that come up in our lives. Now, he, he overcame the world. We can overcome the world as well. Amen? We can overcome the world as well. The, our visibility in storms is decreased. Decreased. Our visibility. It's hard to go somewhere in a, in a whiteout. Anybody ever been in a whiteout? Whiteouts are scary. You just don't know if you're going to be in a ditch the next moment. You don't know if it's going to be headlights. Last Sunday, we, uh, Megan had the work computer, and they decided they weren't going to have uh, work on Monday, so we had to take the computer to, to a lady down in southern Illinois. That was all right. The only problem was we started hitting snow right south of Mount Vernon, okay? Now, I'd like to consider myself a trained professional when it comes to driving in snow. I grew up in the, that stuff. Amen. And, but the further you went, the, the visibility got bad and the roads got bad. And by the time we got to Vandalia, you couldn't see the road. You couldn't see any lines. I just followed the tracks of the car that I just passed because I knew he was in the middle. And I thought, as long as I stay in the middle, we're going to be all right. And I do not like driving on the interstate in snowstorms because there's crazy drivers on the interstate that do not know what they're doing. They're going too fast. 
There's too much room to go anywhere. Usually on a two-lane road, if you go off in the ditch, you're in the ditch. But on an interstate, you got enough room, you can just swirl and twirl and come on back around and smash somebody else. And so we're coming out of Centralia, and, and I notice that the car way, way up there coming into Centralia has is, is got his lights, his high beams, he's flashing his lights on and off. And I look over, and the two cars in front of me that I'm following, I'm over here a little bit. I said, you know, um, they're, they're in that other guy's lane. They're what? Had Amy and Megan, what? I said, uh, they're in that other guy's lane. And about 25 yards, 30, 50 yards in front of them, they finally realized they were in his lane. So you got to, sometimes visibility is bad. The devil wants to hide your visibility. The devil wants to dim our visibility. He doesn't want you to be able to see clearly what God is trying to do in your life. But that's when you have to trust the Lord. That's when we have to say, okay, God, no matter what the visibility situation is, I, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you. So the devil wants to decrease your visibility, and we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? Listen, uh, here, if you want healing in your body and you believe God's going to heal you, you may still have pain in your body after you get prayed for. You may have pain for days after you get prayed for. And the devil said, years, amen. And, and the devil wants you to say, well, God didn't heal you. God didn't touch you. But if you cut down a tree, that tree's leaves are still green for days after it's laying on the ground until eventually you begin to see the signs of the death of that tree. Healing is a gradual thing. Healing comes gradually. A miracle is instantaneous. God wants to give some of us miracles and he wants to give some of us healing. Sometimes you got to praise God even when you're still hurting. Oh, that takes a hard bucket of faith, amen? That takes a big bucket of faith. That takes a barrel of faith. I'm going to praise you, Lord, and I'm still hurting. I'm going to worship you, Lord, and I'm still hurting. But I believe that God is able. Listen, and I've, I've preached enough messages and I've traveled enough places to know that when I pray for people, I, the pain is supposed to leave. Now, it doesn't leave instantaneous at times. I've prayed for people two or three times. Sometimes you've got to pray incrementally. Prayed for somebody that had back pain. That back was in her lower back. I prayed for them. They said, I said, where's it gone? They said, no, it's, it's now in my hips. Well, I said, dear Lord, lean up here. Prayed again. Where's it at now? It's down in my knees. Well, it's moving. Amen. So we commanded it to keep on going until it finally left. You can do that at home. You can do that on your job. Oh, pastor, I can't do that on my job. Let me tell you something. You can do anything on your job for Jesus. You don't have to get up on the table and dance on your desk and dance, but you can do something for Jesus. I know when I was laying in bed when I had, when I had COVID and didn't even know I had COVID. Didn't even know it, but I had achy leg. I woke up and I had achy leg. And I, Anybody ever had achy leg syndrome? I know Johnny has because Johnny and this woman here are related. And I've been both with both of them. Michelle can probably testify. I have been with both of them. And I'll look over. I'm driving, and all I see is a hiney in the air. They're, they got their head down in the seat, and they're hiney. I'm like, what in the world? Oh, my legs are hurting. My legs are hurting. I'm like, wow, okay. Glory to God. So 
you know, there you are, and, and all this is going on. And I woke up one morning when, when I had this COVID, and I hadn't even got out of bed, and my legs were aching. And I thought, I cannot deal with this all day long. Lord, what am I going to do? And he said, well, what did you used to do when you prayed for people when you was preaching in revivals? I said, I just commanded the pain to leave. Well, he said, I haven't changed. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed since when has impossible ever stopped you. So I began to pray, and I commanded the pain to leave. And you know, within three to five minutes, that pain was out of my legs, and everything was just fine the rest of the day. I'm telling you, you can live on vacation just like that. You can live in a vacation of trusting the Lord. You walk by faith, not by sight. We live by believing and not by seeing. Amen? So we got to remember that we're this thing that we're trying to get through in life, this, this journey that we're trying to, to get on, Elisha prayed and his servants saw the armies of the enemy were surrounded by the armies of the Lord. Amen. Clouds block us from the sun. Clouds will block us. Clouds will block the sun from beaming down on us. Clouds will block our, our, the warmth of the sun's rays. Clouds will make you dreary. Clouds will make you moody. Clouds, you know, melancholy like cloudy days. You know, melancholies. Yeah? I'm telling you, you know, there's, there's four basic temperaments. There's sanguine and choleric and melancholy and phlegmatic. Amen. And all of us have them. All of us are part of something. Got probably one or two really dominant blends there. And so melancholies, they like rainy days. They like to pull the curtains. They like to read books, don't they, Amy? Yep, they like storms. Yeah, they like all that. Then you have sanguines. Sanguines are the life of the party. They talk to everybody. They don't know a stranger. Peter was a sanguine. You know, they like sunny days. But you see, the clouds will block us from the sun and from that warmth. Bless you in the name of Jesus. You see, the enemy wants to put a canopy of darkness over us. The enemy wants to block the sun, the S-O-N from us. This is where I stopped last week. He wants to put a, the blocking of the sun... Uh, so you can't see the Lord. And you know, after a while, the clouds get really thick. It just seems like the, the dreariness and the gloominess just gets thicker in our lives. And as we're walking with the Lord, that canopy of darkness just seems to get thicker and thicker. And you pray, and, and your prayers go up, and it seems like it hits those clouds, and it comes back down. Yeah? And you're swimming in your prayers. You know where your prayers really go, don't you? We did a Bible study on this last year. Your prayers are really in golden bowls in heaven. It's in the book. Your prayers are in golden bowls in heaven and brought into the presence of the throne room. Hallelujah. That's where the prayers of the saints are at. That's where your prayers are at right now. You think your prayers aren't getting anywhere, but your prayers are in heaven in golden bowls. In the presence of the Lord. But you see, the enemy doesn't want you to think that. The enemy wants you to think that you're all by yourself. Don't want to be all by myself. Now, why would they let that on this platform to sing? Why? But the devil wants you to think you're all by yourself. He wants you to think nobody's ever went through what you're going through. He wants you to think that nobody else has ever had a struggle. Let me tell you, everybody has a struggle. Everybody has a problem. Everybody has problems every day. We've all got challenges. 
We've all got situations. Sometimes big troubles hit you, and they're not hitting me, and I'm, I'm going good. And then sometimes big things hit me, and you're just enjoying the vac- vacation of the Lord in the sunny beaches of, of somewhere in his presence, feeling all that warm sunshine coming down on you. But the enemy wants to hide the warm rays of the sun. He wants to bring in the fear, and he wants to bring in the doubt. He wants to bring all this Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, New Living Translation. I'm not just talking about a physical canopy of darkness. I'm talking about a spiritual canopy of darkness as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about we're walking in the flesh, but we also are walking in the spirit. Because what's making my body live right now is the spirit inside of me. What's making me talk is the spirit inside of me. This body is just holding my spirit on this earth. And in death, my spirit's going to escape and go to the presence of the Lord. But until then, Daniel, he said here, Daniel's been praying. He said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. Everybody say, has been heard. Say, my request has been heard. Now, you're going to have to believe that. You're going to have to believe that your request has been heard. But the problem is there's a canopy of darkness, a spiritual canopy of darkness. Between us on earth and the throne room in heaven, there is a layer of opposition. There is a layer of darkness. There is a layer of of, uh, enemy combatants that want to destroy us, that hate your guts. They do not want you to live for God. They do not want you to be successful. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're baptized in water for the remission of your sins and all of that business, and the devil hates your guts. I can't put it any plainer. How about this? The devil has a strong dislike for you. Bless you again. You see what I'm saying? The devil has a strong dislike for us. Because guess what? Number one, hopefully, you weren't at the bar last night. As a pastor, I'm hoping. I didn't get any phone calls. Say, would you come down and get Johnny? We arrested him in cages last night. And it wasn't Jeff and Trina's. Oh, great. No, you haven't been at the bar last night. You're at church today. You made it through the storm. High five yourself. You made it through the storm. You made it here. Amen. You're striving, working for the Lord every day, trying to just gain ground in Jesus, trying to make it happen. He said, I have come to in, in I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You're going to face demonic forces in your life. This past week has kind of been a sad week for a lot of people that walk in the circles that I walk in. There were two, two giants in our lives that passed away. One was Rush, you know. Yeah, a lot of people hated him, but a lot of people loved him. All right? No matter if they can argue what they want, but he was definitely a pioneer in what he did. And the other one that didn't, didn't get much credit was Carmen. Carmen. That's my Italian for you. He was 65. 
But back in the 80s and 90s, Carmen was cutting edge. Carmen was, was singing and ministering to 80,000 people in stadiums. And we, Amy and I, we had a Carmen fest Friday night at our house. We watched some Carmen videos. Yeah. He preached a lot about warfare. He preached a lot about conquering darkness. Amen. And you know what? It's true. There's that dark canopy over us. You see, Daniel prayed for the vision for Nebuchadnezzar, to the, for the interpretation. And he said, the angel said, we heard you the first day. Your prayers have, God, have been heard in heaven, but it took me 21 days to get here. Let me tell you something. What you pray today may take 21 days to get here. It may take 21 months for it to get here. But be rest, rest assured in this and be of good cheer, brothers and sisters, that God has heard your prayer and heaven is moving on your behalf. Amen? Give the Lord some praise on that. That was good. So when you pray, it may not happen right away. Don't lose hope. That's when the devil says, ah, God didn't hear you anyhow. See all this church going, you just, Brother Tracy, pastor, he's just living in a fantasy land. If I am, don't wake me up. I like living here. I'm not moving. I enjoy living in this fantasy land. I just enjoy that says, you know what, since when has impossible ever stopped you? Hallelujah. I like it like that. I like it when he say, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Now listen, this all didn't come overnight. I've been walking with the Lord almost a long time, a long, long time. Kevin, older than you are, that's old. Yeah. Kevin came in today. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going over here to my hole. I said, well, enjoy your hole over there, Kevin. But you see, I like it here. It took 40 years. Oh, it took all those years. For me to get to this level of faith that I have, you just stay in the race. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just keep showing up. That's all you got to do. Just show up. That's all you got to do. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be educated. All you have to do is be faithful. That's all it is, faithful. And so he says to Daniel, we heard you the first day. We heard you. We started to get to you the first day. But there's that canopy of darkness that you're going to have to work through. And you see, as the end times are approaching us, brothers and sisters, and we're in the end time, what's going on in Washington, D.C. is not political. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's light and darkness. It's angels and demons. I'm telling you, if you could see in the spirit, with your spiritual eyes, you would see the heavenly host, the armies of the heavenly host, and you would see the armies of the hordes of darkness and the hounds of hell, hallelujah, in combat. Well, why hasn't goodness, why hasn't good happened, and why aren't the angels winning? Let me tell you something. In the end, they're going to win. Jericho didn't come down on the first day of marching. It didn't come down on the third day of marching. It took a process, and God says, I just want you to be obedient. And what God wants us to do as people of faith and people of light is just keep the faith. Just keep believing that God is going to hear your prayer. And since when has impossible ever stopped God? God can do anything He wants, anytime, anywhere, any place. Amen. 
Well, what about all those prophets that said all that? What about them? We're still standing. We're letting God do the work. One guy prophesied that the Lord told him there would be great winds upon the earth. A couple weeks later, there was an almost a 100-mile-an-hour wind. You know where at? In Wyoming. On the day that Liz Cheney voted to impeach Trump. The same guy says there's coming a snow in Washington, D.C. A week later, there's six inches of snow in Washington, D.C. You see, God's not dead. God's not asleep. God's not in trouble. God's not taken back and doesn't know what to do by anything that's going on. And guess what? He doesn't know, and he's not in trouble, and he's not worried about what's going on in your life because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how you're feeling right now. All he wants you to do is just be faithful. Just keep showing up. Just keep listening to me. Just keep praising. Just keep worshiping. Just keep giving me all of your attention. I had this great revelation this week. It was powerful. At least to me it was. And it was this. Okay? When, when, when we take our kids, right, to, to T-ball. You remember T-ball? All the kids are out there. They're throwing dust in the air. They're, they're down there playing in the dirt. They, they ain't got their glove on. And you wonder... Why did their parents ever bring them? But they wanted, to, they wanted to be athletic, right? They wanted to, they wanted to you know, be involved. And when, when, when they hit the ball off the tee, what do we parents do? Oh, look, Amy. Marcus hit the ball off the tee. No, we cheer. Go, Marcus. Go, run, run, run. He's safe. Well, the reason he's safe is because the first baseman couldn't catch anyway. He was probably out by a mile, but nobody can catch then. We got to laughing a few nights ago. Marcus grew up playing with kids that were anywhere from five to eight years older than him. And Marcus, he has some athletic talent. So when we, we, put, him, we put him in ball, baseball, Y League, or whatever it was called back then, we, we, came, we came to pick him up, and the coach came over and said, Tracy, Amy, you, you, we put him in his age group. Marcus is bored. He's younger than all these kids, and he's the only one that can catch. Okay, so we move him up to the next, next age. So he's the little guy, right? And they still couldn't catch at that league level. Marcus played second. They hit the ball to Marcus, and he threw the ball to first. And, of course, the first baseman couldn't catch, and Marcus would go with his glove. So we took him to the next level. <laughs> I don't know, he was probably seven or eight years old playing with the 12, 11 or 12-year-olds. But we're, you're cheering. Come on, come on. You know, when, when he scored those touchdowns in football, man, we're, I'm, I'm screaming, go, boy, go, yeah. 
You know what? The roar of the crowd puts that adrenaline in that athlete. Here's my revelation this week. The roar of the church puts adrenaline in him. It's just simple. When, when we come in here and just sit on our lees, the Bible does talk about your lees. Lee jeans. You know that? Lee jeans are in the Bible. You sit on your lees. I don't believe it. King James, look it up. Underline it, Kevin, when you find it. Amen. When you praise, it tells God, go for it. I'm behind you. I'm with you. Ah, go. And it just makes him wrestle hard. You, don't you remember this story, the true story of a guy named Rocky? It was so true they made four or five movies about Rocky. And Rocky's down there on the ring on the mat, and he's knocked out. And, oh, you know, the Apollo Creed's dancing around him and that old mean Russian and everybody else. And they're, oh, come on, Rocky, come on. Go, Adrian. Come on, Rocky, come on. Yeah, let's go. And, you know, da-da-da-da, you know, whatever it was. Da-da-da-da, you know. And here comes Rocky, and he's why? Because the crowd was cheering. So when the church starts cheering for their fighter, when the church starts cheering for their leader, hallelujah, God's going to get up and God's going to start to move and do some things. Hallelujah. But it's not just in the church corporately. It's in our lives. Coming out of our mouth. The devil wants you to have that dark canopy of doubt over you. The only thing that comes out of your mouth is the sayings of Eeyore. Well, I just don't know about today. Well, I just don't know if the Lord's going to be able to work today. We all sound like Eeyore. Hallelujah. When a wonderful thing is a tigger, and a tigger is a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing is a tigger. And there's only one tigger. I'm telling you, there's only one in the whole world like tigger. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. What happened if we had a tigger church? God would blow up Fayette County, wouldn't he? He'd be so impressed. What am I saying? I'm saying the devil's trying to block us. But listen, get the praise coming out of your mouth because you're on vacation. You may not believe you're on vacation, but you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. And the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is our Sabbath. It's our rest. Amen. And when you go on vacation, you rest. And so God has put his spirit in you that in the midst of the worst storm you could ever find yourself in, you still have peace and you still have assurance, and you still have comfort that he's going to do it, and everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise, because I'm telling you, everything's going to be all right. Well, pastor, well, you don't know. Well, just shut up. Call me LaBouche. Shut up. Look, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. You see, we operate by feelings. You can't operate by feelings. you got to operate by faith. We have to operate by faith. I don't walk by feelings. We've been together. We've been together since way back when. You know, I'm sure there's days you probably wanted to kill me. No, you mean probably. I know. I, can, I got them circled. Used to have one of those day timers. Yep, she wanted to kill me today on that one. 
but there's days I wanted to kill you. And fortunately, we never took action on our thoughts. Amen. You know, but guess what? We're just walking with the Lord. We're just faithful. A long time, 34 years, walking with the Lord. There's good days and bad days. But the main thing is we're still faithful. We just stay in the race. Just keep fighting. Just keep pushing through it. Don't give up. Don't give in. God's got to work for you. God's got a plan for you. I've got to go on here. You know, Ephesians 6.12 says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Now, you can't get any plainer than that, brothers and sisters, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So really, what you're fighting is probably a spirit when you think it's just humanity. When they come against you at work and they have all of this stuff and they, they do bad things to you on your job or you, or you have family. Now, sometimes natural family can be mean. Hey? We're all human. Sometimes natural family can be mean. It may not be their flesh and blood. It's something that's driving that decision. It's something that's driving that behavior. You've got to realize you're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but you're fighting against evil. You're fighting against spirits. And now, listen, you are a spirit being, and you have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and you have the power in you over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus said, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you need to start opening up your mouth and let the sword, the Word of God, begin to go after your enemies and begin to get in prayer and pray for them until God does a work. Hallelujah! You can bust this dark canopy in your life. Pastor, what happens if God never heals me? All right. It's okay. Because Paul dealt with a thorn in his flesh all of his life. He asked the Lord three times, get rid of this thorn. And the Lord said, oh baby, my grace is sufficient for you. You know why? Because it keeps you humble. Keeps you living in realville. Yeah. But listen. You might go into heaven halt or lame or blind. But one of these days you're going to walk into that city. And you're going to be in his presence forever and ever. I got jealous this week on February 19th, 18th or 19th. You know why? Stinking Pete. He'd been in the presence of the Lord for three years. And I said, yeah, I mean, we're, you're, you're up there in the presence of the Lord, Pete, and we're down here, snowstorms. Got half the parking lot plowed. I can hear him say, Pastor, Pastor. But he's in the presence of the Lord. If we go in, these bodies are subject to the laws of nature. These bodies are falling apart. I don't know if you know that yet or not, but if you get older, you will. 
You'll know they're falling apart. Sometimes you've got to pick up your elbow and put it back in, you know? Sometimes you've got to wear oxygen, just tie your shoes. If you can invent a stool or a chair that where you don't pass out once you're tying your shoes and your work boots, you're going to be a millionaire, and I just pray you tie it on it when you do. I just gave you the idea, okay? I'll be the first one to buy one, too. Amen. In fact, we'll test it out. What are you saying, Pastor? I said we're going into his kingdom, and we're going into his presence. But you see, there's darkness, and we're fighting darkness, and we're fighting doubt, and we're fighting all these kinds of things, these evil rulers in heavenly places. We're fighting all of this business, and it's all coming, it's all coming down to the end. And each day, we're getting closer to the end of time. Isn't that awesome? Each day, we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. Anybody ever flown? I used to love to fly. I don't really like flying now. All right? I don't like it. No. I don't know if it's getting older. I, don't, I used to snow ski. I used to snow ski and off jumps and ramps. I don't do that anymore either. I don't know if I'm just getting tender or I'm just, you know, I got a wife and a bunch of kids got to take care of. I don't like to fly a lot anymore. In fact, I don't like turbulence, you know. I don't like it. I mean, you can, you can like it if you want. But in the clouds, there's no visibility. And in clouds, they look soft and puffy, but they are not soft and puffy. Uh-huh. You all like going like that in the air when you're in a pressurized tube going 650 miles an hour? And you can't see where you're going? Come on, you big, you big frequent flyers. Come on. You know. You know. The first, sound, the first feeling of turbulence I get, I start in the name of Jesus. Lord, I need a smooth ride. You're going to have to take us up, take us down to some smooth air. Something's going to have to happen because I cannot live like this on this flight, Lord. Especially now you've got to wear a mask. So you're about half dead from all the carbon monoxide poisoning that you're putting back in your lungs wearing your mask. Amen. Hallelujah. But the clouds, there's no visibility flying through the clouds. And there's going to be no visibility at times that you have to trust your instruments. You have to trust your instruments. Anybody that learns how to fly, the first thing they tell them is this. You do not trust your judgment. You trust your instruments. Anybody ever heard of John Kennedy Jr.? John Kennedy Jr. did not trust his instruments. And he spiraled into the ocean and lost his life. You have to trust your instruments. Your instruments will tell you exactly what's happening and what is going on. It will tell you your altitude. It will tell you your pitch. It will tell you if you're flying flat or level. You know, actually, and you can become so disoriented that you can actually fly upside down and not realize you're flying upside down. You have to trust your instruments. It's the same way walking with the Lord. Hallelujah. you got to trust the Word. The Word is your instrument. The Word wasn't built on feelings. The Word wasn't written on emotions. The Word was written on truth. The Word of God is absolute truth. Amen. So somebody may say, are there any absolutes in life anymore? Yes, the Word of God. 
Half the country will believe you, the other half will laugh at you. So what? Some will, some won't, so what? Oh, I wish all of you nice people could get a little bit of what I got and so what stuff. I got plenty. I got plenty of so what. So what the devil? So what he's trying to take you out? So what? That must mean you're powerful. I said, if the devil's trying to take you out, you must have some threatening power. There must be something he's afraid of. You remember me telling you about Danny Trout? You don't ever know what he's going to teach on? You remember when he was up here yelling and screaming a year or so ago? And he said, what you have to do is you have to take out the most deadliest weapon first. That's military training. You have to take out the most lethal weapon first. Ginger, you think I'll get 100 views? Will you talk to your people? Just, just ask him. See, and I, I, had, I went back and I checked every time she'd been, I said, Lord, have 500. See, Jesus, help me, Lord. I, I said, what can I do? I gotta let it. I'm just gonna have to let it go. Lord, help me get back to preaching. Now, you gotta take out the most lethal weapon against you. So, listen, anybody in this room today, if you are under attack, you must be considered lethal by hell. You must be considered extremely dangerous if the devil's fighting you. He's not fighting the guy that was at the bar all night and now puked his guts out and he's got the worst headache in the world right now. He's not after him. He's got him. But he doesn't have you and he doesn't have me. Why? Because we are lethal weapons. That's why he comes against us. That's why he fights against us. But the word says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me shall fall. And then it says this, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. Oh, 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 oh. oh. how about that? Thanks, Ginger, I'm trying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to trust the word. What's the word say? What's the word say? That's where you got to always go. Now, don't call your grandma that grew up in the dead church and lived in the dead church for 400 years and you just love her and you bought a stained glass window and put it in her name and want to know, Granny, what do you know about this and what do you know about that? Hallelujah. Psalm 1. Oh, my Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. Look, now you know what the next one is. Took that surprise. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There's two different light sources here he talks about. He talks about a lamp and a light. Two different things. These are lights. They light up the general area. But when you want to do detailed work and you're working at your desk, you have a lamp. The, the, light, the light exposes the general situation. 
But the lamp shows the details of where you're walking and what you're doing. The Word of God will not only take care of the general stuff in your life, He will take care of the detailed stuff in your life. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of His righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. You know what I've been doing for almost a long time of my life? I've been seeking Him first. Because if I seek Him first, He'll send everything I need. He'll send everything I want. He'll send everything I desire. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Hallelujah, is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? They all want to know, Pastor, how are you so happy? Oh, I just seek the Lord first. He does it all. I seek Him first and let Him do the rest. I entered my my senior year of Bible college and I had five things on my list. You were one of them. Not specifically your name. I was just asking for a wife. Not that I had others in mind. Let's clarify. It is getting deep. I was asking for a wife. And you know what? I was going... I was going back to Bible college for my senior year when I was asking all this. You know, I tell guys, I, I, all the, I, I, you know, hey, I, wouldn't, I love it when I'm with sinners. I love it with sinners. And they're on a smoke break. I say, hey, light one up for me too, you know. Then they apologize. They start cussing. Then they apologize. Like I ain't never heard any of that before. And I'm thinking, if you, if you grew up where I grew up on the farm, you wouldn't even, this don't even make, oh, we're, I'm so sorry, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I, say, I like being with sinners. And then, and, and I like being with sinners because they say, oh, it's just so hard to find a good woman. Yeah, because that means you're, you're shopping in the wrong place. You're shopping at the bar. What you going to get? You're going to get somebody that likes to go to the bar. Why don't you go find somebody up here? Find somebody in church. Find you a good church woman. Number one, get your hide in church. Amen. Yeah, that's why I like talking to sinners. I say, you know what? You're going to keep staying in sin because you're doing the same thing every day, expecting a different result. But until you change your behavior, nothing's going to change. You need to get your hide in church and get your heart right, and God will bring you the woman that he wants you to have, somebody that will be at the altar praying, somebody that will be loving the Lord, somebody that will take care of you, somebody you don't have to worry about stepping out on you. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else takes care of itself. Yes. You got to hurry. Got to get you to the Pondegrosa. You got to activate his power in your life. You're not going to be able to live a successful Christian walk, a Holy Ghost Christian walk without having power. Now, I'm going to say this kindly, as kindly as I can. All right? Not every Christian that says they're a Christian is going to heaven. 
there. Those ones that go out and, and sleep around with somebody other than their spouse, but they're going to heaven, they ain't going to heaven. You see, somebody said you're so narrow-minded you could poke both eyes out with the head if you fell on a pin. That's, that's bad. You can poke both eyes out if you fell on a pin. That is narrow-minded, isn't it? But how in the world are all those adulterers and adulterers and fornicators going to heaven when the word says that adulterers and fornicators shall not inherit the kingdom? That's what the word says. And so the devil already has those Christians. That's why he's after us. We've got, we're, number one, we're a threat because we have the Holy Ghost in us. You're a threat because you've got the Holy Ghost in you. You'd be an even bigger threat if you knew how to use the Holy Ghost in you. Oh, you've got to activate his power in your life. We all have to have the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives to overcome this sin and this mess that we're living in. Amen. You've got to have that power in your life. You just can't go, amen. Psalm 20, or verse 7, some trust in the war their war chariots and others in their horses, but we trust in the power of the Lord our God. One thing that sets this church apart from a lot of other churches in town is we have the power of God in here. We believe in the power of God in here. We hope for the power of God to show up in here. I don't want to just come to a service and not have the power of God in here. I want the power in here. I want it in here when I get here. I want it in here when I leave. I want it to get in the car and go home with me. I want the power in my house. I want the power on my job. I want His power in my life. Some people actually make fun of us. You know that? Because we speak in tongues. Well, la-di-da. I modify. La-di-da. Who cares? Because I'll tell you what, when they get the report from the doctor that it's stage four terminal, who are they going to be calling? They're going to call everybody. They're going to call the non-tongue -talk -talk, non talkers, and they're going to call the tongue talkers. Amen. Amen. They're going to pull in there. Men, don't just give me a drop of oil on my head. Pour the whole bottle on me. I want to be thoroughly anointed because guess what? They're staring death, death in, the, in the face. But I'm telling you something. If we walk in the power of God and let the power of the Lord activate in our lives, you will be on a continuous vacation. You will walk where other people fear to walk. You will walk through serpents and scorpions. You will walk through lion's dens. You will walk through fiery furnaces and nothing's going to get on you and nothing's going to touch you because God God's power is on you, and God's power is in you, and God's power is with you. Hallelujah. Pray this year. God, let your power become part of my DNA. Let your power become part of my makeup. Let your power become part of my life. Hallelujah. Glory. Got to have the power. You got to have the power. Now, how are we going to get the power, Pastor? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Amen. I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm going to tell you. You got to get in his presence. You got to get in his presence. Time does not permit me to talk about Noah in the presence of the Lord. Moses 
in the presence of the Lord. Elisha and Elijah in the presence of the Lord. One of my favorite passages and one of my favorite sermons to preach is from 1 Kings chapter 18, where it hadn't rained for three and a half years. And Elijah goes to the ocean. And finally, after several trips there, he comes back and he said, I see a cloud the size of a hand of a man. And he tells Ahab, you better get ready because we're fixing to have a storm. And the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the king's chariot. And let me tell you something, the king's horses were the best horses in the world. Let me tell you something, the king's chariot, chariot was the most aerodynamically styled chariot of that day. It had navigation system. It had cruise control. It had air conditioning. Amen. It had air conditioners like I used to have, 465. Amen. Four windows down and 65 miles an hour. Hallelujah. It had everything it needed. And the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the chariot. You know how far it was from Mount Carmel to the gate of Jezreel? It was 18 miles. I, that probably don't do nothing to you, but I mean, I just felt the willies go up me. You know why? Because that tells me that the hand of the Lord came upon a man, and for 18 miles he sprinted and outran the horses of the king, hallelujah, Ahab. Outran them. 18 miles. And I preached on running in the rain. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to get in his presence. We're going to have to get in his presence. We have to make every service that we come to a place to get in his presence. We're gonna have, you're going to have to find a spot in your house to get in his presence. You're going to have to have, find a spot in your job to get in his presence. You say, I'm in, my, I'm in a big open area and I can't get in his presence. Man, just put you some oil underneath your desk and realize that you are working under the, on the anointing every day. Hallelujah, you're there. And I'm telling you, whatever you've got to do, get in his presence and let his power overtake you and let his miracle power come upon you Amen. Ezra 7, 28. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. If we get in His presence, we're going to be strengthened. If we get in His presence, we're going to find power. If we get in His presence, you're going to find victory. You're going to find answers. You're going to find solutions. Mm. That's why I don't want a dead church. I like that altar song. I said, play something hot. I like getting in it. Amen. Well, pastor, it ain't always getting in it. Yeah, but it ain't always just standing there either. We got to have it all. Amen. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we sing. Sometimes we dance. Why? We're getting in his presence. What would it be like if your house was full of his presence? If you can't imagine that, I'd be going home and doing some house cleaning. You know what I like? I don't know how many people, strangers, have come into our house and they said, hey, I just want to tell you, it feels so peaceful here. 
thinking, yeah, she knows I got a gun. Why she? Amen. I better be careful. She may have a gun. No, I'm teasing. What would it be like if they come in and they feel his presence in your house? But you see, they can only come in and feel it, and then they leave. But it's there with you all the time in his presence. I got to have his presence. I got to be cheering him on from the first note when we get in here. I got to be worshiping. I got to be worshiping. I got to be screaming, yelling, shouting, dancing, something, jumping. I got to do something. I was reading a book called God's Generals. And in this book, around, it was talking about one of the ministries, and there was a big, <clears throat> there was a big uproar. Because, you know, these ministries that started by, way back in the, in the mid-1800s and went through to the late, uh, mid to late 1900s, there was lots of things that happened that, that weren't in the Scripture that they could find. And one of them was when people would get slain in the Spirit. That caused a big uproar years ago. And one, one described as, as this, is we're just mere humans. But when we get in His presence... That's how our bodies respond. We are overwhelmed and overtaken by his presence. Let's all stand. So when you fly through the clouds, they may look puffy. They may look soft. You ever looked at clouds and thought, oh, they must be soft. They must be great to fly through. Mm, that's the last place. You don't want to fly through clouds because clouds are full of moisture. And moisture becomes condensed, and then you start getting turbulence, and it's not a smooth ride. And then you start speaking in tongues. Amen. They may look soft and puffy, but they're not. You see, the enemy wants to make it look like it's all pretty until he gets you in the middle of the clouds, and then he's going to pull out the curtain on you, pull the rug out from under you, and say, oh, but guess what? You're going to be having some rough rides. Matthew 5.11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you. I'm closing, honey, because you're my followers. People are going to hate you because you follow Jesus. Just get used to it, okay? Get used to it. They're going to hate you. He said, be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. People are going to hate you. People are going to say bad things about you. People are going to even lie about you. Ready? Sometimes people in the church are going to say bad things about you. Wow. Well, I ain't never come back to church. Well, don't go back to your work either because people say bad things about you at work. You just don't know it. People say bad things about you at Walmart. And I see everybody crawling back to Walmart. You see that? Did you see that dark-haired guy that had that dark beard, green shirt, go through my line a little while ago? He must have ate Mexican because he smelled like one big taco. Anybody? 
In fact, I had to step back from my door because I just couldn't take this more. I don't understand. I'm so thankful you keep coming back to church, and you're very bold to sit up here all the time knowing that you're going to get the hammering. Yes. But we keep going back to Walmart. We got people in, in our families that talk about us. We got people, some of, some of us got people in our families we don't even talk to anymore. In mine and Amy's families, it had been perfect. We had hundreds on my side and hundreds on her side. Out of two, three hundred people, you got to find somebody surely you can't talk to. My dad and all of his mothers, all of his sisters, nine sisters, can you imagine? They'd all, one of them be fighting with all the rest of them. Until their birthday. Then they'd have a birthday party and they'd all make up. They'd all be happy for a while. And then some, another sister start fighting with the rest of them. But you kept going back to the birthday parties. You keep going back to the family reunions, right? So people in church are going to say bad things about you. Just keep coming to church. Why? Because you're not serving the church. You're serving him. You're not walking for the church. You're walking for him. You're living for him. Amen? You're, you're trying to get to somewhere. And I say, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For He gives His sunlight to both evil and to good. And He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Amen. So here we are today. Brother Paul in his exit. Brother Paul getting ready to leave. Here we are. And he says in 2 Timothy, Chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. What's that tell you? It's going to be a fight living for the Lord. All right, it's going to be a fight. Hopefully the Lord's making a fighter out of you. Amen? You're going to be a fighter. He said, I finished the race and I have remained, look at it, faithful. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. I fought a good fight. Now watch. We're fighting. There's cloud cover. But when you break through those clouds, you realize the sun is shining all the time. You're taking off. It can be raining and storming. It can be snowing. And it's, once you break that canopy of clouds, you're going to fly at 33,000, 39,000, 41,000 feet with the sun shining down on you. Amen. What I'm here to tell you today is this. If you got clouds in your sky now, how about that, Brother Johnny? The Spirit of the Lord the pneuma will in your life eventually. You see, every low-pressure system, that's where we get our precipitation from. Low pressure. Low pressure rotates counterclockwise. Low pressure, though, is eventually pushed out by what? High pressure. What does Psalm 149 say? 
let the high praises of God be on their lips and a sharp two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praises, when the men and women of God live and walk their lives in high praise mode, high praise brings high pressure. High pressure brings sunshine. And seek dark clouds have to blow on out. The sun's going to shine again. Time to do a vacation. Now, we're going to sing. If I preach to you, come on up. If I said anything to touch you, come on up. I'm going to take a, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I like for 100%. That made me feel like I was worth my salt today. 100% said, oh, yeah, you touched me. What do you, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at, but I'm telling you this. The storm don't last always. That's what they say in the black church. The storm don't last always. David said, and it came to pass. Remember those words when you're in the middle of your storm. Those four words. Four, five. And it came, five. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. It's not going to stay there forever. The clouds are going to have to blow away. Hey, last Sunday afternoon and evening, this the storm rolled in here and the cold temperatures and the snow. What, 10, 12 inches of snow? Yes, Edison, yes. And the cold temperatures blasted in and lo and behold, here we are. We've had to plow and shovel and dig out and, and schools were closed and daycare was closed and churches canceled services. I'm glad that we, we were able to have our service last week. But we were all kind of on lockdown. But guess what? Now, Friday, Saturday, that high pressure starts moving in. So how do you make high pressure? With high praise. It's time to get high praise. So let's sing this. Let's worship the Lord as we sing this right now. Close your eyes. Seek the Lord for a moment. Lift 
Help us, God, to realize that vacations are good. Help us to realize, Lord, that, Lord, as we leave on that vacation, maybe we're on the ground and we're driving to our destination. But we know this, Lord, we can, if we're in a storm, the more we drive, sooner or later we're going to drive out of that storm. So we're changing our position. So, Lord, I pray today that you change our position. Change my position. Lord, I know the things that you've been talking to me about. I know the things that you began to activate in my life a year ago, Lord. And Lord, I know there's people in this room that you have talked to them about some change. But Lord, we've been reluctant. We've been reluctant, Lord, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us courage to step out of the boat. You would give us courage, Lord, to step out of the boat to walk in places unfamiliar. So whether we're driving, Lord, we change our location, the storm is not everywhere. We fly and Lord, we go through the canopy of the clouds and we realize that the sun is there all the time. It's just the clouds, the position of the opposition that changes. It's the position of the opposition that changes. And Lord, it tries to skew our view and it tries to skew our vision and make our vision cloudy. It tries to take away what we're used to seeing. But Lord, we don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we know. And Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, you would do mighty work in each of our lives this year. In 2021, no matter what the future holds, God, in politics, what, no matter what the future holds in this country, but in this world, Lord, we pray because we're a global force. We are part of the church, the global force of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And so, God, we just pray in the name of Jesus, let an anointing rest on us. Come on, I, come on, brothers and sisters, I sense something moving right now. I just pray in the Holy Ghost right now. If you can do it, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, move us individually into different realms. Move us up into different realms and you got different heights and different depths all at the same time. Heights and depths all at the same time, God. Lord, those who are watching online, help them, God. 
Help them in the name of Jesus to move into a new realm, a new depth in the name of the Lord. That God, the changes that we make personally on this level will affect God, this church, corporately on that level. My God, my God, my God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I 